Welcome to the Wholeheartedly Podcast, a space where emotional sponges can absorb understanding, acceptance, and joy while navigating both work and life. I'm your host, Kaylin Staten, and every other week we delve into the deep waters of what it means to integrate all facets of your life. It may be messy, beautiful, and everything in between, but at the end of the day, this is your story. This podcast aims to showcase stories to help you along in your journey, no matter where you find yourself on that path. Be sure to connect with us on social media, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Wholeheartedly Podcast. Now we are on episode 20. So today I want to talk about, it's a solo episode, by the way, another solo episode. We'll have some more interview episodes coming really soon. But I wanted to talk about something that is really prevalent right now in my life, and that is the concept of rest and allowing myself to actually rest. So I'm recording this on a Monday, the Monday of the release on Friday. And over the weekend, I actually it was it was Friday leading into the weekend, but I lifted my son into his car seat and twisted my back a weird way. I guess I didn't lift with my legs and he's he's a pretty solid little guy so you have to really watch yourself as you lift him. But I lifted him the wrong way in his car seat, immediately felt pain and anybody who has any type of anxiety and it manifests in some kind of physical part of you will understand this, but my back muscles are already already well worn out because of anxiety, because of multiple other reasons. I knew when I lifted him, I was like, this is going to be fun. So I spent a lot of the weekend in pain, taking ibuprofen, really using a lot of icy hot. And it always smells, it's so strong and it smells so bad. Usually I use it for migraines, but of course using it for this. And so I'm just now semi feeling normal, but it's always times like this that I realize, holy crap, I am really taking everything on in a physical way. It also reminds me that I need to take time to rest and I also need to do maintenance throughout the week so I can not be like down on my back. <laughs> so it wasn't fun because I had a lot of things I wanted to do I had things and aspirations and places I needed to be, of course. And it always tends to happen when I have the most to do or I am the most motivated. I had already been planning this episode to talk about rest and to talk about what that really means, not only as a highly sensitive person, but as somebody with anxiety and depression. It's just a very timely episode. And I'll be the first to tell you that I go to therapy to learn about how to relax. It's one of my key things. And I also am always fighting with myself to take a break. And my husband can attest to this, that he fights with me to rest. He gives me every opportunity. And I am, I figured out after parenting a toddler that I still have these internal toddler tendencies, especially when I am thinking about something that I want or I'm trying to express a need. And then if I don't get the reaction I want, or if I feel guilty, or if I feel like, oh, it's going to be too much, too much of a burden on somebody else, and I'm like, oh, never mind. But I still really want the thing. 
And so I play this opposite game. And again, I didn't really realize this until having a toddler, what that really means. And so I, I do this with rest and relaxation all of the time. I'm the first to admit that I don't have everything figured out and I'm really working on this in real time. So all of these things that I'm like, oh, you should do this to feel better. You should do this because it worked for me. I'm going to be honest. This is just going to be more of a confessional type of episode. And hopefully that you can relate to this because again, it's something as somebody who has constantly overachieved, constantly worked hard. I don't have a balance of what it looks like, the the play aspect. I mean, you hear the cliche of work hard, play hard, but I have always just worked hard. And then when play comes into it, I feel guilty. I just work and work and work or do something like a project or chores or whatever. I keep going until I am past the burnout stage. You would think after being in a global pandemic, being forced to slow down, that I would have figured this out by now in in 2023, but I have not. And I still talk about it in therapy constantly. And I'm coming to you right now behind the mic and talking to you about just my love-hate relationship with resting. (laughs) It's really of the utmost importance that I have this episode right now. It's timely. It's something I'm currently struggling with, and hopefully it can be relatable. There's this concept of yin and yang, and I think that in an early episode, I mentioned it very, very briefly, but it's a Chinese philosophy and a concept that shows that opposites attract. That's a really remedial way to introduce it, but it's it's just the, the differences, the light and the dark, the black and white the evil good, whatever kind of antithesis that you can have with two concepts. They can be complementary, they can be interconnected, and they're interdependent in the natural world. So it's harmony and showcases that there are forms of myriad things, and also it can show completion, incompletion, and again, all of those dualities that many of us think about. And I always think about like the light side of the force, the dark side of the force. Of course I do. (laughs) It's in every probably hero's arc in every story ever created. This duality of good versus evil. And of course I had the yin and yang symbol on a lot of different things back in the 90s as a as a 90s kid growing up. I mean I remember having bracelets earrings, t-shirts, journals, what have you. And I know that it's been around for way, way longer. It was something that resonated with me and I keep coming back to it. And I think about just the the yin and yang part of it anyway. I'm going to read something that perfectly describes both the yin and yang, which means vital energy. There are six heavenly influences which descend and produce the five tastes, go forth in the five colors, and are verified in the five notes, but when they are in excess, they produce the six diseases. Those influences are denominated the yin, the yang, wind, rain, obscurity, and brightness. In their separation, they form the four seasons. In their order, they form the five elementary terms. When any of them is in excess, they ensure calamity. An excess of the yin leads to diseases of cold, of the yang to diseases of heat. 
<laughs> I've been playing the new Zelda game and no spoilers here just because I'm not really that far in it. But in its predecessor game, Breath of the Wild, you battled against Calamity and then Calamity Ganon. And so that really <laughs> made me go back. And of course, I like to do pop culture references all the time on this podcast. So one of my Calamity items that I do in excess is, of course, not wanting to rest, to want to be always on, always working, always motivated, always productive, performing, producing. When I don't have rest and I always constantly work or I'm always constantly on this hamster wheel, it's absolute inner distraction. And it spills into my everyday life and it affects the people around me. It affects my mood, my emotions, my work. It affects everything. And I reach this calamity stage when I don't take breaks. And I don't mean like standard lunch breaks, like stepping away from your desk for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever for a reason to give your eyes a break or to go to the bathroom or to get a snack or whatever. It's something that I don't take on weekends. I don't take in the evenings because I'm, even if my body is at rest, my brain isn't. Just like Calamity Ganon, it rots and poisons and destroys everything that I touch. It's just this downward spiral and this domino effect of just constantly going in this cycle and never being able to break that cycle with anything. And it's just this constant survival mode, this fight, flight, or freeze response. And I'll get into this a little bit later, but just cortisol and a lack of serotonin. And I don't know, I, I'm a recovering workaholic and perfectionist, but my natural habitat is wanting to binge work, especially when I don't want to deal with emotions. And then I go past my limit, and then I go past that, and then I get burned out. I become exhausted, overstimulated, and then all the physical things like pulling a back muscle will happen. And so before I get into some other parts that I want to talk about, when I talked about the yen leads to diseases of cold and the yang diseases of heat, and by the way, I'll put the source of all of this in the show notes. I typically am more yang, which is not surprising that it leads to diseases of heat. So I naturally have a temper and I, I don't let that out a whole lot. Everything just runs hot. Everything runs and is emotional. Everything is very heated. And so, yeah, I'm, I need to be more yen, which is more reflective, more poised, more resting compared to yang. It's it's literally like 85-15 if I had to put percentages on it. I never truly rest or relax. And I feel like when I wake up, so I was I was tested probably about a year ago, over a year ago, to see if I had sleep apnea because I wake up all the time and I'm exhausted. And of course, according to my husband, I snore. <laughs> I do snore. So I had all of these symptoms, but it turns out I don't have sleep apnea. But now I think that I just need to relax maybe a little bit and take vacations and take mental health breaks and do all of these things. But all of this has been happening since I was young. 
now that I'm in my closer to mid thirties, I'm noticing that these years and years and years of just spinning my wheels in the same direction and just being a cog on this wheel of my mind that's always turning, it's really caught up to me. And I think that after becoming a mom, certainly after meeting my husband and getting married and all of that, that was this pivotal moment and my mindset began to shift after having Luke, I really started to change a lot of my mindset and really want to be in a more restful state. I've always felt the need to be on high alert. Again, like that survival instinct has just constantly been activated and I don't know where the switch is to turn it off. And even when I was in college, a lot of you who knew me probably are listening when I was in college and you knew me, I never relaxed. I never did fun stuff really. If it was fun, it was like school fun, like a club or an organization. Very rarely did I do extracurricular things. I was so obsessed with getting summa cum laude. I was so obsessed with starting my career that I would just never rest. And I would go, and I remember this, I would go like 10 days. And I'd be like, well, I've got to write this paper, write, study for these tests, do these assignments. And I would binge work on all of these things and get things done really early. But then I wouldn't really rest. I'd be like, okay, I get like an evening to myself and I'm going to watch a lot of rest for you and I'm going to eat some Cheez-Its or whatever. Like those are the things that <laughs> I looked forward to watching SVU, especially the new ones. I never wanted to relax because I felt like it was a waste of time. So yeah, when does this happen to me? When do I feel like I am too far gone and I can't rest and I need to just shut down or get angry or go to sleep or what have you? It happens when I'm hungry and I have to eat on a schedule. And sometimes if I don't eat on that schedule, then like if I skip a meal, I get really hangry. And so if I don't eat or I'm not eating properly, it really triggers this fight or flight or freeze response and makes me feel like I have to just completely work through it and not take a break. When I don't get enough sleep, you're probably seeing a pattern. Basic needs aren't met. When I work for days on end and don't allow myself to rest, you probably heard my neck just pop. <laughs> when I don't get to do something that I enjoy. And so I think that we all get in these ruts of working maybe on a project or just our, our daily jobs or just getting in a routine. When we don't do something that we actually enjoy or something that allows us to use maybe the creative side of our brain, something like a hobby, then we feel really burned out. And then for me, if I feel burned out, I'm like, I'm going to keep going and not do the thing that I want to do, but just keep making myself miserable. So there's that. When I neglect my feelings and my emotions, this happens as well. And so it's different from compartmentalizing because I know that I've been in the midst of maybe a presentation or having to attend a meeting or do work on a project and I can't really focus on how I feel in that moment. So I have to compartmentalize. And so then when I compartmentalize, I'm able to address how I feel later. 
when I don't address how I feel later, that's when this sets into of like, okay, like I have to keep going to distract myself. And so I can't rest because if I rest, then I'll have to deal with the feeling. And I don't want to deal with the feeling because it's uncomfortable or it'll make me sad or it'll make me stress out even more. And I don't want to like go through those flows of emotion. I just want to continue to bury them. The burial of these emotions will make all of this happen too. So that's like a separate bullet point. And especially the last one I have on my list here, and there are so many more examples that I can give you, but when I don't handle conflict, I naturally hate conflict. I do not want to cause conflict, but it's necessary in life. And when I don't address it, I end up not wanting to rest or just can't rest because I feel like I am in limbo and I'm just not at ease at all. Yeah. And honestly, just just an example too of why I wanted to do this episode in the first place is I've been struggling with some things lately, things that are far and away from this podcast and stuff that I would never divulge publicly. Anyway, for the past week or so, and it's it's dissipated a little bit right now, but I was anxious for like, I don't know, seven plus days at some point every day. And I would panic. I would have panic attacks every day. And it wasn't just your run-of-the-mill anxiety about deadlines or a, a bill I had to pay or my toddler having a tantrum. It was really full force panic attacks. It's been hard for the past week. So there's uh, no wonder that the the physical toll has happened. I started to ignore signs to rest and my body was like, nope, Friday, you're going to rest because you're not going to be able to lift anything and you're going to have to have a heating pad and just, you know, be in bed and try to feel better. And honestly, I've asked myself this so many times and I've asked therapists, why can't I rest? Why am I incapable of resting? And I've always heard that I get in my own way. Thank you, husband. <laughs> I've heard that a lot for me lately that I just, I need to get out of my own way. I even have a t-shirt with it on it and I still can't commit it to memory when I'm in the midst of panic of just stepping out of my own way, letting everything run its due course and taking action by resting and not feeling guilty about it. I think fear is the bottom line when it comes to this. I am fearful of resting. Something that is a basic thing that all of us need. So, why am I fearful? You may ask. Well, I have a whole laundry list of of different reasons. Of course, all of us probably do. We all try to sugarcoat different things or make excuses. But I have a fear of being viewed as lazy. You know, when you're a teenager and your parents or you know other people could be like. Why are you sleeping until noon? I wish I could sleep until noon. Blah, blah, blah. You don't do anything. That's just a generalization, of course. But I mean, I remember that there are lots of people around me and throughout my life who have viewed rest as something that lazy people do. And so that is something that I'm trying to work really hard on and realize, hey, as a highly sensitive person, I do need more rest. I need more downtime, I need time by myself, I need time to play video games or to write or watch a movie or spend quality time with people one-on-one. 
So that one is a really big one. I don't want to be viewed as lazy. I also don't want to be selfish or really viewed as needing anything because I'm toxically independent (laughs) and I I don't want to be behind. So when I take like five minutes for something, I'm like, oh, I've wasted so much time. The fear of wasted time is, is a huge one. I could be having the most stimulating conversation or intellectual conversation, something I really value. And I'm like, oh no, I've wasted so much time. I need to do work. I need to look at a sauna and see all the things I need to do today. And I go through these ruminations and yeah, it's, I don't need to tell you this, but it's not helpful. I also don't want to be viewed as not being liked, not being able to reach a goal in a reasonable time frame, showing an emotion at the wrong time. Because again, I've been told throughout my life and at several points that I'm too emotional, that I don't handle things very well, that people don't tell me things because they feel like I would have a huge reaction. And to be honest, a lot of times these people have those types of reactions themselves and don't want to be the one to, you know, it's kind of like they project that onto me. Granted, I have had emotional responses at different times, but I think that all of us build up a resilience, and I certainly have over the years. So another thing that keeps me, the fear of missing out, not living up to my potential. And I mean, honestly, I can go on and on and on about this. I love a good list, but you get the picture. In the book Dune, it says that fear is the mind killer. And so I keep reciting that to myself lately of like, if I feel fearful of doing something, or if it's outside of my comfort zone, then I keep repeating to myself that fear is the mind killer. Right now, the fear of relaxing is the mind killer. I forget a lot of times that I have choices in the matter. I'm in a line of work that supports so many different facets of an organization. I'm a counselor to a lot of different leaders, and I have to carry out the mission and communications processes. It's hard for me to interject actually myself into these processes when I live and die by the processes. And it's hard for me to know when to step away and to relax. So it's hard for me to let people reach me. It's hard for me to let down my armor. And I know that it's defense mechanisms and conditioning and years and years and years of it just being this way. But I'm tired of that. Very tired of it. And so in Dr. Elaine Aaron's book, The Highly Sensitive Person, which I'm admittedly going through probably too slowly (laughs) as I do this podcast, but I really want to spend time and be intentional on a lot of the things that she talks about in the book. She talks about chronic over arousal. And I think that there probably could be a better term for that. But when you are chronically over aroused, it's the physical part of being overstimulated. So being overstimulated is what your mind does and all the, the processes that it goes through. And then chronic over arousal is the physical manifestation of what your brain is going through. So of course, we all know that the human body has very symbiotic systems and everything works hand in glove to balance out everything or to not balance out everything. And so When I'm constantly on alert, when I am constantly moving, my brain is working in overdrive, all of those things, my stress hormones are through the roof. And if I never break that cycle, then 
I always have a ton of cortisol. My general understanding is that if you are constantly stressed out, you're never going to relax. Just learning how to rest and relax is really paramount to my mental health. And I'm still learning. I'm still accepting tips. If you have anything that works for you, please feel free to share that with me as I'm still learning about what works for me. I know that I don't have, and I think I probably said this before, I I don't have an awareness problem. I have an implementation problem. Yeah, the physical effects of chronic overstimulation and chronic overarousal have really started to show in my physicality. So and there are things that I need to do and I, it really becomes a vital thing that I need to address. So how can I relax more and combat overstimulation, overarousal, all of the things? So I have a whole big list, but I mean, I'm not going to go through all of these things. I'm just going to highlight a few of them. Just keep doing an action. I need to keep doing it, even if I don't feel motivated or productive. And then I'll be able to rest because if I don't do it and I procrastinate, then I feel like crap about myself and about the process and taking that action means a lot. Actually scheduling downtime and being committed to it. I break boundaries with myself all the time. In the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, Dr. Erin suggests all of these different things, but she suggests to the equivalent of one month off per year scattered throughout the year. Less time likely won't work for an HSP and it can be like a vacation or a day off a week. The concept of a day off a week would be great where I just don't do chores. I don't do anything and just focus on relaxing and really having quality time with my husband and son, things like that. I have also been trying to be more creative and so doing more reflective writing pieces. I got noise canceling earplugs, which have changed how I sleep and allow me to focus when I need to focus. Being able to travel has helped and asking for help. (laughs) In my notes, I said, ask for help for the love of God, all in caps. (laughs) Again, this is something that it's actually one in my plan for my therapy, being able to ask for help and put myself out there, even if I know that it may not work, but at least I'm taking that action and I'm getting more comfortable because again, I am toxically independent. I am somebody who has felt like I've always had to do things myself and it doesn't have to be that way. And it really comes down to my mantra that I have for myself, which is live what I love despite fear. These aren't just words. They aren't just things that I, I'm like, oh, that sounds good. That's my life's mission. They actually need to be continuous actions. And so that's something that I always tell myself too. Like, yes, you need to live what you love despite fear. Push yourself past that because you will be better for it. You will be resilient. You will be happy. And I think at the end of the day, all of us, we all struggle with happiness. We all want to be happy. We go to therapy because we want to be happy. We get in a relationship because we want to be happy. We try to figure out our mental health in general because we want to be happy. We want to get a job because we want to be happy. We all are tied to a purpose. And I feel like knowing what your life's mission is and tying it to your work that you do will always be helpful. I feel like if I talk about these things and talk about what I struggle with, I know that a lot of us don't get on a podcast and talk about that, but I I feel like it holds me accountable and it doesn't have to be perfect. 
And this is actually going beyond my comfort zone because I'm like, I'm currently struggling with all of this. I'm not trying to be like one of the influencers who are like, in five steps, if you do these five steps every day, then you're going to change your life. (laughs) I'm just trying to be vulnerable and I'm trying to show you that despite all the progress I've made, I still struggle with all the things I've always struggled with. There are ebbs and flows with that. You know, having daily panic attacks for a week sucks. It's something I don't want to do. I get nervous every time that it's going to be the normal that I once had. And I don't want to go back to that place. But it also gives me enlightenment when I'm able to be out of that place and know that, hey, this was just a week. It wasn't, you know, a whole semester or my entire life or anything like that. So I have decades long battles. We all do. And fear is the mind killer. I need to remember that and stop stepping over my own feet and do what needs to be done. I'm letting this be a very public proclamation to help me be more accountable. And I hope that it's helped you. And it's been relatable. This is kind of one of those awes behind the curtain moments that gives you a glimpse into what my mind is like. And so, yeah, yeah, another another episode down and many more to go. Thank you so much for listening and for everything that you do as a listener of wholeheartedly. Again, if you want to be a guest, you know somebody who would like to be a guest, the form is in the show notes every single episode. And if you have any ideas for topics, I am all ears. But for now, I am actually going to step away, do some work, and then hopefully be able to schedule some rest this evening. I say hopefully. I need to put it on my calendar and actually commit to it. So have a great and restful weekend and I will see you back in the next episode. Have a good one. This has been an Hourglass Media production.